Hi, everyone. I'm going to laugh. I can't do that. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to the very first episode of my new podcast. And I just <laughs> clunked it. <laughs> I heard that. Can't you say the good parts? Can't you do cut and paste? I forgot what I was supposed to be doing. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to the very first episode of my new podcast, Noreen's KitchenCast. Yay! I can't believe we finally got it going. We'll be talking about Jewish cooking and culinary traditions and having all kinds of culinary conversations with a crazy cast of kitchen characters. I'm your host, Noreen Gillitz. Our first episode is all about Second Helpings, Please, the iconic cookbook that launched my culinary career way back 50 years ago in 1968 in Montreal. And I know many of you are familiar with that orange check cover with the black spiral binding that cracked. And so your book is probably held together with elastic bands and food spattered pages, spaghetti sauce, cake batter, whatever your family liked to eat. This was a fundraising project of Mount Sinai Chapter, B'nai B'rith Women, which is now called Act to End Violence Against Women. And who would have thunk that 50 years later, this book would still be around and people still cooking from it. Hard to believe. Not bad for a kid who grew up in Winnipeg and didn't know much about anything, but knew what good food really was all about. Up until just a few months ago, the address at the back of the book was that of Harriet Nussbaum's. She is one of the initial founders of Second Helpings, Please. I hadn't seen her in many years, and then she drove into Toronto for the relaunch of Second Helpings, Please. Did you have trouble? No. no. Google Maps. <laughs> this is perfect. Does the, dog, does the dog bother you? Here we are, 50 choice. years later, <laughs> since Second Helpings, Please was first launched in 1968. None of us would ever, ever have believed that what was started as a fundraising project would go on and become a culinary legacy that is found in kitchens all around the globe. Does this look familiar? Office of the Prime Minister? <gasps> yes. Yes, remember? From yes. Ms. Cecile Vio, yes. private secretary, <gasps> secretary yes. to Mrs. Trudeau. Yes. And we have Betty Ford and oh, Patricia wow. Nixon. I mean, I can't believe that I saved this. At one time, I used to save everything. Oh, oh there we go. There's yeah, the dog. Did, you know, the dog oh, that's Maisie we hear. She's our culinary taster. She tastes everything. Once we got Maisie to finally quiet down, Harriet and I sat down to talk about our memories of Second Helpings, Please, and how it first got started. I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. Well, I remember being so fed up uh, to all the photocopying that we did of all our recipes from the festival table program that we did all over Montreal. And people wanted copies of our recipes. And you so willingly and wonderfully took on the job of making a whole cookbook yeah. and out of just the recipes that we had for various holidays. Well, I remember also being at Laura Scherzer's house with Sandy Katz and I uh, having planned a membership tea, and we had all this wonderful baking, and Rebecca Levitt said, you ladies should write a cookbook. 
And we said, yeah, that's a good idea. We can do that. It wouldn't take very long, maybe <laughs> three months, you know, four months. It can't take very long. Aha. Uh-huh. Three years later. <laughs> three years later. Wow. But every recipe was tested at least three times. Yes. Because uh, one person would make it, somebody else's oven would be different. And we had to make sure that it was a quick and easy recipe, for one thing, easily copied or made, and something that was delicious as well. Do you remember a recipe for meatless spaghetti sauce with a quarter of a cup of Tabasco sauce? Yes, and the gal (laughs) who did that, instead of having the quarter of a teaspoon putting in she put in quarter of a cup. Still reminds me because uh, uh, she's a cousin of mine, and she's the one that called me so horrified, and we had spoiled the whole dinner party that she had because of all that Tabasco sauce. I know it was so funny, and that was in the di- that was in the days before kick it up a notch with Emerald, and I remember you got one letter somebody asking for a refund. She wanted yep. to, she had paid eight dollars for ingredients, and we said we're a charitable organization. We take donations. We don't give <laughs> refunds. <laughs> and our whole book at the time was three seventy five mm-hmm. and twenty five cents for postage and I handling. Know. Yeah, isn't that incredible? <laughs> and at the uh, meeting where we were at um, Laura Scherzer's house when uh, I guess I was the only one in my own home at the time so I agreed that I would be the mailing address. Yeah I remember. So I have had the most incredible letters over the years because everything all the orders and all the letters whether praise or damnation came to me. Do you remember the first printing I of think course. we took a deposit of fifteen hundred dollars. Yes, to the bank. Oh my yes. God! I went. To, I was with Toby Cohen, and we, we, I never held so much money in my hand at the time. That first so printing was only three thousand yes, books, 3, 000. and when we were printing and designing three thousand books, what 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 are we going to do if they don't get? You know, if nobody wants them. Well, that first book, as I said, Six months, uh, we I brought think. in uh, March. By September, our second printing was out, and that was 5,000. And then every year it was another 5,000, 5,000, 5,000. Then we went to 10,000. Then we did 25,000. Oh, I didn't know you did a 25,000. We did 25,000 because I was involved right from each of the printers. And a lot of the printers, they were so wonderful that, that we worked with because they knew the book. And remember when Fructor uh, said, oh, well, whatever you need, because my wife likes your book, I want to make sure that b- this book gets reprinted Hierogly- and reprinted. Yeah, hier- hieroglyphics, I remember. Right, sure. right. And we did change. We came up with different ideas. Our first books, because of that backing it wasn't really a spiral had to be done by hand Mm -hmm. so we convinced printers that whenever it was a slow period we would go along whenever it was a slow period they could print what they wanted so we would print 5,000 of the book but 10,000 of the cover because that was the cheapest cost efficient so that's why the covers didn't change too often because 
it was cheaper to do it that way. And then they put the book together whenever it was a slow period. Mm-hmm. It's really quite remarkable. You know, it was just good business sense. We were really young women who had a sense of the way to do things in a pragmatic way. And it, and it worked. Yes, it certainly did. You're listening to my conversation with Harriet Nussbaum, celebrating 50 years of classic Jewish cooking and delicious food memories from Second Helpings, please. More in a moment. This first episode of Noreen's Kitchen Cast is brought to you by my very favorite butcher, Muggin Meats. Kosher, clean, fresh, and top quality. Muggin Meat's prime objective is to make kosher meat more convenient and more affordable for kosher consumers. Choose from raw, marinated, and cooked meats and poultry, luscious lamb, and my Noreen Gillett's Kitchen Products nitrate-free vacuum-packed deli. Although Muggin Meats is located in the Toronto area, they will ship by the pallet to places such as Vancouver, Edmonton, Nova Scotia, even the U.S., Mugginmeats.ca, M-A-G-E-N. Mugginmeats is where I like to shop. I'd also like to thank Kiss the Cook. A big kiss to Kiss the Cook, the quality kitchen shop that's located in downtown London, Ontario. Kiss the Cook carries an excellent selection of kitchen essentials, including trusted brands such as Emile Henri, Le Creuset, Henkel, and Lodge, some of my very favorite brands. Kiss the Cook ships cookware, bakeware, tableware, cooking tools, and appliances all over Canada. But if you are in the London area, be sure to browse the store on Richmond Row and take advantage of their mouth-watering cooking classes for every category imaginable. You're sure to get a big kiss for cooking up some of the delicious dishes featured on their wonderful website, kissthecookonline.com. Big kisses for Kiss the Cook. So let's get back to our conversation with Harriet Nussbaum. We were sitting and talking at my kitchen table in Toronto, and she was heading back to Montreal the next day to celebrate her incredible mother's 110th birthday. I remember one of your recipes that you did and was the lemon barbecue chicken. <laughs> That's my mother's favorite. That's going to my daughter is making for Friday night oh, when the really? whole family is coming and my daughter is making the lemon barbecue chicken. Too. But the other thing was the size of the pieces. Yes. And explain that one because I, okay. I love that story. <laughs> I used to get the butcher to make the chicken into 16 pieces. Even the leg had to be cut into two because everybody enjoyed the covering of it, which was cornflakes and curry, sugar, of course. Uh, and you, know you had little kids, and so for little fingers, I the think The little that's fingers, they me. loved it, and they still do. Oh, wow. And that's still the family favorite. Yeah. My favorite was the tangy sweet and sour meatballs, uh-huh. which is iconic, actually, and cinnamon twists. Okay. And I remember... 
that when my grandmother taught me how to make them, she used to measure the oil with a yardsite glass. Right. And so right. I had to do the measurement for yes. it. And the shape, actually, that she did was the breast cam- cancer symbol, which was a half twist. Uh-huh. We didn't have anything to compare it to. So I said, just make figure eights. And that's how we wrote the recipe. But the actual one is the shape of the breast cancer symbol. Well, um, we, we had yeah. a lot of adapting to do. But um, I think... Page, I think, 237 still has my recipes for the sick child. Yes, (laughs) I remember that. Um, Because uh, we all had times when we were home with kids who were sick, and you still had something you had to do. So it was recipes, what to do and what to make and how to keep the child occupied. So it was a very all-encompassing cookbook, or it is a very all-encompassing cookbook. I know. Cookbook. It's, could you believe it's literally stood the test and the taste of time? But it, um, the people who buy it have changed. Um, when the book was first out, and I remember when we brought the first one, I have the first, the hand-collated one, that we brought to the Con- B'nai B'rith Women Convention in Washington, and you and Sandy Katz were with me on the plane. With our beautiful We'd, orange dresses. Right. <laughs> and we had all the food with us that you had brought. Ten boxes. <laughs> Ten and cases of pastry. The gals who were at the convention were just super about giving us orders. Yeah, it was so amazing. And the book went everywhere. It became a fundraiser right throughout the United States. Uh, and, and further. And further. And Europe. Yes, we've we had um, I had to fill uh, orders from uh, all over Europe, Australia, New Zealand. Uh, but then, very memorable is, and this goes pretty well, ten years ago or so, when I was at my son's house here in Toronto. It was Friday morning. I had a new nanny, and he said to the gal. Um, I need to make, and he listed chicken soup and my chicken barbecue chicken and the uh, nutritious bar. Uh, do you remember the nutritious breakfast cookies? Yes, those are wonderful. <laughs> okay, those yes. were mine too that uh, I had put in the cookbook. And he listed a few other things that he wanted me. And she said, I know how to make them all. And he said, How come? He said, Well, in Manila, in the Philippines, Second helpings, please, was the textbook we used oh, for those stories that were... stories than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I've gotten all no. these letters. And, um, you know, at the beginning, it was new cooks. It was young people. Uh, very soon, all of the uh, synagogues were giving out second helpings, please, to new brides because uh, they wanted them to have a kosher cookbook. And then later on, even um, it was, according to letters, what you gave to your kids, boys as well as girls, who were off to school and needed to cook in their dorms or at least have, make some stuff or their own first apartment. And then later on, the book was given, and still is from what I understand, to widowers who've yes. never cooked Yes. And it's easy for them to follow thanks to to what Very, you yeah. made sure you made sure simple, that simple, was simple simple. 
Yes. Yeah. I had a letter from India that oh. uh, they wanted... They wanted quite a few, and I think when we went to the post office, it was so expensive to send our books to India that uh, I don't think we kept the correspondence going for that one. No, it'd be really hard. The cost would be more than the cost of the book. Yeah. Right. Right. And it's interesting. Sandy Derbyshire lives here. She, she recalls oh. schlepping books to the post office. And Tulsa Greenberg, who I'm friends with, was doing the books for Toronto. And wherever I go, I keep meeting people who say, I remember being a part <laughs> of the, uh, the publishing or the, the, the distributing or sharing recipes. And there was a fight you have the recipe for honey chiffon cake, but it's my mother's recipe. I forget somebody's. <laughs> I said, it's everybody's mother's recipe. It's uh, not particularly unique in that. We picked the, the best recipes that came from our mothers, from our grandmothers, from our aunts, from family members. They were just really true treasures, Jewish Michaels that we all grew up on. And that we adapted. Yeah. So we adapted them so it'd be very easy to make. And none of us had six hours to... And no food processor. No, no. You used a a knife and a cutting board. But then um, with time, we did adapt the book. When people were on diets, we started with the one helping, please. And then we put in another section on the microwave Mm -hmm. when microwaves came in. Sure. Because and how to adapt and how to do it. And also small communities where there wasn't access, like Toronto where Montreal had access to kosher bakeries. If you lived in a small community, you had to make your own bagel, you had to make your own challah. My prize-winning challah is in there, and my God, I still use the recipe today. Well, that's why it's such a long-lasting book. Yeah. Because... People still want to be able to do things that haven't turned out properly and, and well. And the hints were there. Yeah. So, yeah, well, I think we, we did a good thing. Yes, we did a very good thing. You're listening to Noreen's Kitchen Cast, my new podcast. This episode is brought to you by Fruit of the Land Culinary Market. Whether you're shopping for yourself or for gifts, you'll find an excellent selection at Fruit of the Land. I love to shop there. Their unique gift baskets are made up of kosher from Israel, top quality products, candies, nuts, chocolate, cheese, jams, preserves, spreads, sauces. That list is just endless. One of my favorite products is the natural sea salt, garlic, and pepper blend, which comes in its own grinder. I use it almost every single day. They have a selection of kosher cookbooks too, including mine. For a list of their locations or to shop online at Fruit of the Land, visit fruitoftheland.com. You'll be glad you did. Thank you all for listening. It really means a lot to me. And here are some special thank yous from Harriet Nussbaum. Uh, I would love to thank all those printers over the years that were so wonderful to us, that were so helpful to us, and all the gals that helped us write throughout, whether it was Dorothy Stober or Raj Schneidman or 
Sandy Katz, uh, Sandy Katz. Uh, Leona Ellingberg, who came up with the uh, second helpings, please. Molly Rechnitzer, I remember. Ms. She still keeps on calling and asking how the book is doing. Bella oh, Tadoff, nice. who's Bella's honey Bella, cake. I met Bella Tadoff, actually, at, at, um, at someone's house. It was so nice. She looks amazing, both she and her husband, Bert. It was so nice to see them. And Laura Schertzer. Yeah, Laura, absolutely. Yeah, these yep. are all people that helped... Uh, through the years and have always shown an interest. But there were people, not only those in the chapter, who were so willing to help. Um, Alec Feinberg. Oh, I remember, sure. He was was, Yeah, and when he retired, my daughter said, he's retiring. We've got to find something for him to do. So he said, well, he has a computer. He'll do... Uh, and it was all volunteer. He'll put all, everything on the computer and check the orders and make sure that people pay. He was wonderful. Biggest, he was wonderful. And when he started going to Florida with um, with his wife, they would drive and they would fill the car with boxes and boxes and boxes of books. And Alex and Audrey would go to visit every bookstore that they could find yes, from Montreal yeah, all the way it. down to Florida. And they would show the book and they would get orders from all these bookstores. And he always made sure that on his way back home to Montreal, he collected for all the books that he had delivered and he would sell them more books. Right. And we wouldn't sell to Amazon because they wanted too deep a discount. Do you remember that? Yes, at Costco also. Yes. I got so many phone calls from Costco. It was so easy to find my phone number from the address. And I would get these phone calls and I'd say, well, how much are you going to sell it for? And no, we're not getting rid of them. We're not. No, it, uh, we don't need to sell it at Costco because uh, they weren't willing to sell it at full price. Right. It's a different world. And going back, do you remember Eaton's wanting to translate it into French? Oh, wow. And we didn't want to give them the right because we figured then they'd have the rights and they could maybe even, after French, go to English and we would be out of the picture. Yeah. So, no, we've had so many requests to translate into different languages, but uh, we just kept it with the English, and that was it. But I have to tell you, you've been very quiet about everything. You've been always in the background. You're like the silent person who just does what needs to be done. I've sort of... I've gone into a culinary career, I've written other books, and I I like the social aspect of it, so I'm out there, and I've kind of become the face of Second Helpings, Please, (laughs) but really... You're the two feet, that it's <laughs> well, the, the, solid, the... <laughs> the solid foundation that's made sure that it's continued for all these years. And Thanks. you and all the people in Montreal who have kept it going. What kept you involved for so many years? I mean, that's really commitment. I think one of the smartest things that you and your committee did is to put a coupon in the back of the book. And the coupon, uh, there was always at least four coupons, uh, which... That was your idea. That was your idea. That I remember. uh, It had my address on it. 867 Alexis Neon. Right, right. 
And people ha had the price. We always changed it with each printing. We changed the price up and up and up and up. And uh, people did fill out the coupons, sent for sometimes even six and 12 books at a time to distribute to their friends because once they were buying it, they wanted uh, to save on the postage and handling. And once I got the orders, then I found people to help me. Uh, my Irish mayor, for instance, oh, and I would yes. go over and fill the orders. All of my grandkids, and I now have eight, no have more. all helped because I got all the orders all through the years and because I was the address. You're the address. Right, yep. That was it. So for... What, 48 years I was the address. Yeah, that's incredible. Good thing you didn't move. <laughs> that's it. I can't move. Can't move from this wonderful house. When was the last time you got it? Have you gotten any orders recently or any inquiries? I was curious because... I have, as of even a month ago. Really? I still got uh, a letter. And especially people who have some of these old coupons... Oh, they're looking for uh, they, a bargain. They would, yes, they would love to only pay $4 for a book. They don't want to pay any more. They have the coupon and they send it. And, they, uh, and they're quite incensed that uh, we need more money than that. The book was going for hundreds of dollars. I mean, people, somebody told me, I think, for maybe several hundred yes. dollars. I saw two twenty seven. I think, on oh, Amazon than that. for a used book. Four hundred dollars yeah. last year. Somebody had seen it because they they donated their own copy. Then they had to go buy another copy, and they thought, "Oh my God, that's so ridiculous! I can't believe it." But they want it, and it didn't matter what condition. And on my Facebook page, which is Noreen's Kitchen, we have a Sadaka project, <clears throat> and people actually will say, "I have a copy." Is anyone interested? Proceeds go to Sadaka. So we make sure that people. They still continue to eat and benefit from, you know, from the sale of, of uh, books that are collectible now. And they really are collectible culinary yes. treasures. And really, but the best part is the stained pages, the dirty pages. <laughs> they're really, they're, they're the path to, to mm. success. You know what works and what everybody loves. Mm. The evidence is there. And um, let's hope that it continues for many years to come and that good not only good food, but good things will happen as a result of something we started so many years ago. So I think the future is friendly. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just a delight to see you. I, I, can't, I can't tell you. I'm like Mark Clement. <laughs> well, glad to be here. You've been listening to a conversation between myself and Harriet Nussbaum, one of the original founding committee members for Second Helpings, Please. Kanena Hora, your mother, you're busy planning her birthday. 110th birthday. 110. It must be the lemon barbecue chicken. It has Absolutely. to be that. That's the secret to long life. It must be the curry in it. Not probably. <laughs> After nearly 50 years, the mailing address has been changed from Harriet's home in Montreal to Toronto. And the project now lives with Act to End Violence Against Women. You'll hear more about that transition in an upcoming episode of Noreen's Kitchen Cast. For information on how to purchase copies of Second Helpings, Please, or any of my cookbooks or my food products, you'll find that info in the show notes. 
So be sure to take a peek. You can find Noreen's Kitchen Cast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe to your favorite podcasts. And if you're new to podcasts, well, welcome. We're here to help you listen in the way that's most convenient for you. There are instructions on how to do it at NoreensKitchenCast.com. It's really easy. You don't have to be very technical. The Noreen's Kitchen Cast team is Braden Garrett, who writes our wonderfully original music. My producer, the hardworking Rochelle Solomon. Me, Noreen Gillitz. And in the background, Maisie, the little Lassa Maltese, who barks at inappropriate times. Please come back and listen again soon. Happy cooking. Happy eating. Oh, shut up, Maisie.